0: You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church, and this is our Monday episode we call Hear and Obey. We are in Exodus chapter 20 today, uh, verses 18 through 21. And my name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, joined today by Matt Gruen, another pastor here, and Mark Christensen, one of our deacons and ministry team leaders. And we are through the Ten Commandments, but still at Mount Sinai. In Mm -hmm. fact, people of Israel are going to be camped out here at Mount Sinai for a while. Um, but this scene that plays out immediately after the giving of the law is incredible. Mm. And uh, so I'm going to read Exodus 20:18 20, through 21, and then um, let's just observe the text. What do we see? What do you notice? What stands out to you? And then as always, our aim is to apply the word. We want to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. So this is the word of the Lord. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is your gracious purpose to draw near to your people and to bring us to yourself. And so we pray that the effect of this text on us would be to produce in us the appropriate fear of God, not the kind of fear that causes us to withdraw from you, uh, but the kind of fear that causes us to revere you and love you and respect you and honor you and to avoid sin so keep us from sinning we pray and let your word dwell in us richly mm-hmm. amen amen observations mm-hmm. from you guys anything that stands out to you here at the this scene at mount sinai
1: yeah it's 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 helpful again to remember the context of where we're picking up on um, these 10 words these 10 commandments The first time God has spoken directly to his corporate people Mm. since the garden, really. I mean, other than to uh, Abraham or Isaac or Jacob individually or to individual persons, he's dropped in and spoken to them. He's spoken to Moses, clearly, and and so forth, and to Aaron. But here he addresses his people full on. And just these 10 words, these 10 commandments he gives them and... Juxtapose that with the, the, the walking and talking in the cool of the day God did with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in the garden. Now with this thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of trumpet and the mountain smoking. The scene's just totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, this is God addressing his people, but addressing them in the context of a sinful people, of a stiff-necked people, of a, uh, the holiness of God in breaking into the sinful world. Uh, in a way that's new, in a way that mm-hmm. he hasn't before. Um, and that has the effect on the people that it would probably have on all of us. They they desire to stand back. They they recognize this is a dangerous thing, yeah. kind of like Isaiah in Isaiah 6 where he just beholds that, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips and wants to get himself away from the holiness of God. And so they, it's just interesting. They call to Moses and just say, all right, no more of that. Mm. <laughs> we'll listen to you. You go talk to him. You go up there onto the mountain. You draw near and uh, and we'll be over. So this text and, and really the book of Exodus is really all about this proximity to God. This this locative nearness to God as the people start to, God comes down to save his people. He pulls them out of Egypt. He brings them to his mountain and he draws near. They kind of repel because of the scariness of it. And then they kind of push Moses back up the mm. hill where he draws. And then that last, the people stood, uh, verse 23, 21, the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness. And then the key phrase where God was. Um, that's incredible. That, yeah. that We can't move on past the scene without recognizing that. Um, God has spoken directly to his people, mm. which is such a means of grace. I mean, it really is a a, revel, a direct revelation, um, and the people just can't bear it. It's terrifying, um, and yet they recognize it's, it's good. Uh, they want to hear from God, but not like that. <laughs> and yeah. It's telling because the, the next verse, verse 22, And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people. So we get back into kind of more of the normal. I am going to speak to this guy; he's going to be my mediator, yeah, mediator, yeah. and and so forth. But it's just it's just been it's been telling how this these movements of location and nearness has um, progressed through the Book of Exodus, and then here it just kind of hits this middle point where it's so near that the people can't take it, and we have a and yet the rest of the Book of Exodus, as we'll see, God is going to make a way for him to be. Even near yeah, um, to dwell is, in their midst, exactly, which is telling,
0: yeah, 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 I, I think the scene here it, it's one of those passages i'm awful often mindful when we're reading scripture, how easy it is to just read it in a couple seconds mm. and not really envision the text, mm. enter the text, think about what would it be like if you were to you know, put yourself in their shoes, and try to imagine if, if you experience that. Um, you, you know, if you've ever heard a thunderclap so loud and so right on top of you that yeah. <laughs> there is an involuntary reaction of fear, like uh, I thought I was going to die, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a jet comes screaming over your head at yeah. mock whatever
1: right above <laughs> you <laughs> when you weren't expecting it, like yeah. at the air show. The other that's night. right,
0: yeah. Sights and sounds that yeah. are so. Awesome, terrifying—that yeah. um, th- you just suddenly are very aware of your own smallness, your own vulnerability. Um, yeah, you know, so whether it's a, a tornado or a hurricane, or you know, th- there are sights and sounds that would just invoke this involuntary fear. Mm. And so, I, I think um, that that observation—it um, it, what they saw and heard—caused mm. <laughs> them such fear and and trembling um, that's relatable you know as as finite human beings face to face with with something so awesome just trying to picture that scene thunder and lightning and smoke and
2: yeah and we've spent the last you know 10 weeks before this past sunday in the 10 commandments but if you go all the way back to chapter 19 god had told moses to tell the people to consecrate themselves and they were to set limits around the mountain and really the conclusion of that is they were to be ready for God was going to come down mm. and communicate to his people, and so now we have God doing that very thing, and even though they knew that that's what God was doing, mm-hmm. it was such an awesome sight, such an awesome fear that they were afraid, and I think Greg brought up in his introduction just the the memory of fishing with his boys, mm. and you know he knows the awesome thing that is coming, and his boys are afraid mm. um so I just felt that felt a little more tangible, yeah um yeah,
1: and I think that, like you said, Ryan, that fear is very understandable. Not just in its like physical awesomeness, but I do think, given the context, that there's a moral fear taking place. Mm. Um, that that word, and they were afraid, is is the same word used in the, in the garden where it's when Adam and Eve hid themselves because they were afraid of God. Where, where uh, Adam says, "I hid myself because I was afraid of you." Um, there's a moral category of like there's a not just a majestic powerful being but a perfectly holy being Mm -hmm. um, that has its due effect on sinful people i mean the people have been in some ways presumptuous of this for chapters now like in the wilderness they would just grumble at moses and say you go figure this out and get us some food Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden when god actually does break in and talk to them directly they're like okay we're going (laughs) we're going back to what it was so there's just a and especially given the context of what was said on the mountain, it's the law, it's the moral mm-hmm. law, and they just are recognizing their their smallness, not just in physical, like I mean, the mountains on fire, mm-hmm. but a uh, this moral, ethical failing before a holy God who has drawn near to them, uh, and so it makes sense that their initial reaction is this fear, mm-hmm. not just of what. Will he smite us? But the sphere of he is this holy
0: being and we are not. Yeah. Yeah. Which really gets at the um, the main point of the text and the apparent contradiction. You know, mm-hmm. in this case, the text makes that main point by the contrast in verse 20. Moses said to the people, do not fear. So on the one hand, their response is understandable. Mm-hmm. And yet Moses corrects them and says, do not fear. So there's a clear command. But then he goes on to say, For God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. And I just thought the way that Greg talked about that yesterday was so helpful to point out um, this is not a contradiction. You know, you have violation of the law of non contradiction when. You know, A cannot be A and non-A at the same time and in the same way. This is not saying fear and do not fear mm. in the same way. It's saying don't fear in one way, but do fear in a different way. Yes. And so it's not a a contradiction. It's it's a contrast between two kinds of fear. That that's so helpful. And just to see that um, that use of contrast or apparent contradiction really draws our attention to that as the main point. Who of us would have done any different in that situation? And yet to have such a a gracious, comforting word immediately spoken that Moses is saying, do not fear. Um, This is an awesome sight, but he's reassuring the people, God has not come down here to destroy you. Mark, you were mentioning the context back in Exodus 19 when God prepares the people and sets a parameter around the mountain and warns them, Mm -hmm. don't touch it. Moses tells him, don't touch the foot of the mountain. God says, go tell him again, just in case. <laughs> and <laughs> so all that, like God has clearly set safe boundaries mm-hmm. so that they won't die. And then the context in Exodus 20, you know, God begins, I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So he saved them. He delivered them not just to kill them. You know that that was what they falsely accused God of when, in all their grumbling. You mm. brought us out here in the wilderness just to destroy us. No, that's not mm. at all God's purpose. He, he desires a relationship with them. He brought them out to make them his people, to be their God. So to have that assurance of like yes, this is who God is and he is awesome in his holiness and his goodness and his power, but he is not intent on destroying you. He loves you. That yeah. changes everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he Brings them out in the wilderness, not so that they might be among, you know, just bait for wolves or um, feast for other critters. But the fact that he would protect them by giving them the law, Mm -hmm. um, giving them those parameters. I was recently just listening to a a certain author and theologian talking about this study where they have at schools, they've done at schools where if there's a big fence, you know, around the playground area, kids are free to go out and adventure and wander and kind of see all the the nooks and crannies of that playground. But when there's not a fence, you'll see the kids more grouped together and huddled together. Mm. So just the fact that when there are parameters and commands Mm -hmm. given that set limits, we're able to walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. Whereas if that's not given, yeah, we do have, I think our impulse is right to fear
1: yeah and th- th- those boundaries are like you say, are good are actually for our good, right. but they also for the boundaries to exist is acknowledges that there's a there is a danger on the other side. There mm-hmm. is a, a a proper danger that like for instance, um, you know, the same thing with our kids. like if we were to go into a, a some um, somebody's backyard and it's completely fenced in, tear around, you know, do whatever you want, go well, do whatever you want, <laughs> go run around, have fun. And we're and we're not going to be as probably attentive as we would be if we walk in there and it's just wide open. There's busy streets on either side. We would keep them near. Mm-hmm. So the reason why the boundary is there acknowledges that there is real danger mm-hmm. in, in engaged in this. And this is where I thought Greg was helpful. Where He was like fear the proper fear God. Now and notice in the text, the purpose is why should you fear God that you may not sin. That's yeah. the express purpose of why mm-hmm. you want to have the fear of the Lord before you is because that those 10 words he just gave, these 10 commandments are a gracious revelation from God that is the boundary by which he's drawing that line. Mm-hmm. And because the opportunity to, to break these on the other side is danger. There is real danger mm-hmm. from this holy God. Sin is at the door. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and that contrast between... Um, in. Improper fear is a fear that causes us to withdraw from Mm -hmm. God, to to assume that He's out to get us. He's going to, he just wants to destroy us or he's going to nail us on some technicality. Like that mistrust of God has in it an element of fear, but it's, you know, fear that has to do with punishment. Mm. Whereas God's purpose is to draw near to His people and bring them to himself so that they can be in covenant relationship with him trust him walk in his ways and and then that relationship is to be marked by proper reverence and awe and and respect i, I think that idea what is the fear of the lord and um how we understand that this is it's just so important to to think about mm-hmm. um yeah curious how you guys have thought about that over the years how that has grown for you. I know um, there was a moment in my life, grew up Mm -hmm. as a kid out in New Jersey, um, going down the shore. I remember my dad um, early on just instructing me, the ocean is so much fun and it is extremely dangerous. Mm. And if you respect the ocean, you can have a lot of fun, but you have to respect it. You have to respect the power of the water, the currents, the waves, the riptides. And if you respect it, you will enjoy the shore, um, and and that was helpful for me even as a kid to begin to have a, a category for like fear of God. Where I, I love the ocean, um, and I respect the ocean, mm. and and to have that like fear of God is not contradictory to love for God. It actually right. increases my my love for God. It's part of my love for Him. Um, having that kind of reverence and awe and respect that is appropriate because I love Him yeah. and yeah. I want to relate to Him.
2: I think when yeah, you asked that question, what first came to my mind is well, I had no fear of God but now that I've sit and think about it more, it was an improper fear because I was just seeking to live a moral life, be viewed as a good person. Mm. That is an un- improper view of God because it's just outward conformity to a set of rules so that you would not Don't have get to punished. face yeah. Yeah, this punishment or consequence. So, yeah, it was definitely an improper fear. And um, Greg brought up Psalm 86 yesterday Yesterday, saying, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Mm-hmm. So there's something about our hearts that are in our nature, our sinful nature is not seeking to walk in God's ways, mm-hmm. um, be united to his truth. Um, but when we fear the Lord properly um, through Christ, by the Spirit, We are actually able to fear Mm -hmm. and walk in his
1: ways. Yeah, just imagine how scary and how fearful the people would be if all God had said to them from the mountain was, Walk before me and be blameless. Or all he had said from the mountain was, Do not sin. That'd be scary, right? Mm -hmm. Because the people would be led to say, (laughs) How do, where, as you were saying before, where are the boundaries? Mm If if there is like it's like the ocean, like well, where is the safe parts? Where are the? Mm -hmm. In order to heighten my 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 joy in this thing, I need to know where it is. So again, God's revelation on the mountain is a blessing to the people. It's a blessing to us because Mm -hmm. it shows His loving kindness to us to tell us where those Mm -hmm. safety barriers are, if you will, um, to give us the law by which He will bless us. So not just the fear of judgment in following law is a is a uh, a powerful motivator right mm-hmm. to the thought of I think Greg said it well when he was just like think of the fear of the Lord the next time you're tempted to, to grumble or the next time you're tempted to engage in gossip or lust in pornography or whatever mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a powerful motivator but it's also you know it's the flip side is also true of, of God is using these covenantal stipulations in order to bless the people to right. to to pour out his affection on them uh, this is good for you. Uh, and is that, are we, are we thinking through that category that just the giving of the law in itself is a gift from God to us to know him and to know how to love him and to know how to um, to be in communion with a holy God. Um, yeah. It's just, and it's not just summed up in this, these, these, you know, this Jesus said, these, these temp- can be extrapolated to the entire revelation of God is, is a gift to us ultimately, culminating in the person of Christ,
0: who is the revelation of God. Yeah. Yeah, What a gift the fear of the Lord is. that God reveals himself for this purpose. Um, God has come, Moses says, to test you, Mm. that the fear of him may be before you. So God speaks and God acts in ways that are meant to cultivate the proper fear of the Lord so that we would relate to him Mm -hmm. in that way. And, and the fear of the Lord is a remedy to so many yeah. problems of sin in our lives. Fear of man, mm-hmm. you know, when we fear man, we just aren't appropriately fearing God because if we fear and respect God more, then we would care more about God's opinion, God's evaluation, God's perspective, God's ways so that we would walk in Him. I mean, I just, I think that's what stands out to me that when you, have this reverence for God, then you love His ways and you want to walk in his ways because you you treasure mm. who He is and what He said. you know that this is the way of life, and you know that everything outside of this way is death you know that's what it comes down to an appropriate sense of um, life and death and and trusting that God has marked this out for us um, yeah mm. the, you know another thing I was affected by in the message yesterday was just that point that Moses functioning here as a mediator Matt like you were saying ultimately this text points to Christ Um, there's that that desire the people have you go talk to God (laughs) we can't we can't take it Um, and and how kind and gracious that not only did God provide a mediator for them there through Moses but he has ultimately done that for us in Christ so that we can hear his word and live and not die
1: yeah and we can as the author of hebrews says we can actually draw near to god not with this terror right not with this will he smite me for his for being but because of christ we can actually draw with confidence Mm. we can come near to the throne of grace because Mm -hmm. of because we have a new high priest we have a new mediator it's not as, as powerful and you know um uh famous as Moses was and who his position was for in redemptive history. And in that moment, he is not the new Adam that was needed. He, he's not Christ who is the unblemished lamb. And because of him, because of union with him now, he is that mediator who can go up on the, the mountain and and uh, intercede for us in, mm-hmm. a, in a way that the Israelites would have never dreamed of. So we can actually draw near to God and not draw terrified Mm. and not draw and not even just say to jesus okay jesus you talk to us and you go back up there but through christ now and through him alone we actually have access to the father and can draw
0: near with confidence and and the author of hebrews calls that the throne of grace we can approach with confidence the throne of grace Mm. uh, to find mercy and to receive grace to help us in our time of need and so the fact that in christ as our mediator God's throne is not a throne of judgment, but a throne of grace for us is an incredible joy and privilege and, and Mm. blessing to experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. What a scene. Mm. One of the things that just in closing here, um, as, as incredible as this is, it's easy to think, wow, what would that have been like to experience that, to see that? And I think sometimes we don't know what we're, (laughs) Asking for. Asking for. (laughs) Um, Just look at how how they reacted and you have a a sense. Um, But the fact that what they were most importantly, most fundamentally given was words, Hmm. revelation of God and his ways in words, and that we have those exact same words preserved for us. So that subsequent generations, even just one, two, three generations later, they, they weren't there at the mountain to see that with their own eyes, but they still had that word passed on. And so mm. we have that very same word. Right. Um just and that, that puts that us wor- in that stream. That word seem- was kept in the Ark of the Covenant, right. right?
1: Which was the representation of God's actual presence among the people. Mm-hmm. So that revelation, that law is given to the people. And is meant to convey where his word goes, he goes; where his name goes, his his presence goes. And then you fast forward to Christ, who is the Word. Now we have we're united to Him. So in fact, we we have been brought near in in just the deepest way Mm. possible. And and we have that Word. We have that written Word that we can. It's amazing. uh,
0: Hear preach. We can we can study. We can read. It's just incredible. Yeah. Most importantly trust and obey Mm -hmm. that's by properly responding to his word we experience his presence Mm. awesome thank you guys